the Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Eric and Faye. Hello. Hello. What's up? Uh, welcome to the new apartment. Is this, this is the first episode in the new studio? Correct. The new place? Correct. Um, if you hear a little nice, bit of an nice, echo, nice. it's because we don't have any furniture. Oh. And I can't do anything about that, so please don't tweet me. Um, but hopefully we'll have furniture soon. We're recording from an underground bunker uh-huh. to prepare for the end of the world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, brave new world, trying to prepare for it mm-hmm. by purging all of my possessions. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this is the first episode in the new apartment. Wow. So welcome. So honored. It was originally honest. supposed to be Chloe and Rachel, and I canceled on them <laughs> last minute because Faith and I took our friend Hillary, who you guys know from the show, to the house of Yes. Yes, we did. Uh, and it was bananas. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, yeah. I was braced for a crazy party but it was soups crazy it was i'm fun. so glad we went <laughs> i tried to convert one man to the democratic socialist party Th- this is how it went he you ask him oh what do you do and he's like i'm a engineer like a computer network engineer for like these uh wall street firms or like funds or whatever and you were like cool do you ever think about the fall of capitalism <laughs> <laughs> this is like the third or fourth story I've heard in the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. of you getting aggressively hit on by Wall Street men. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's almost <laughs> like they can tell how repulsed I am. And they're like, I'm going in. Uh, yeah. So I tried to convert him. And then I had another guy, uh, when he found out I hosted a podcast, be like, you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast? He's my favorite. That's my favorite podcast. And I was like... Oh, no, I don't like it because it's stupid. Yeah. You, when he said that, you, like, physically turned away and, like, curled up. Oh, yeah, I, like, actually, uh, yeah. My, Your body, like, my vagina was physically like, reacted. <laughs> yeah, that's, by the way, um, all men, that's how uh, all women um, react to you saying Joe Rogan's your favorite podcast host. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, those two things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was like some super cool aerialists yes. and bubbles. Very and cool. The dance floor was way too packed to dance. So packed. Also, I was really proud of my decision. I was wearing like insane six inch heels. Yeah. Um, I yes. like kudos for even putting those even on your feet. Attempting it. But I brought my ballet flats in my purse and like changed into them pretty smart, quickly. Smart, and I was smart. Like, I'm a genius. And then Hillary's purse was big enough to hold your shoes. So just Ugh. winning all the way around. I say this in the most loving kind way hillary's such a mom such a mom i love but i love that about her mm-hmm. like she is the best prepared. so organized so organized when has- we told her to dress up because we didn't tell her where we were going and it's like a theme mm. um so we told her the theme and she was like okay i'm bringing options in oh, case yeah. i'm like not and of course she was perfectly decked out for the theme <laughs> of course yeah she, like, um, and when she arrived she was mm-hmm. already in the perfect outfit yeah um so I also want to give a shout out to Desmond, uh, the little cat, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because remember I had teased this on <laughs> the show before we moved where I was like, oh, Desi's going to have to go up and down stairs. Yeah. It's going to be a mm-hmm. whole thing. He is booking it up and down those steps. He's going to get so jacked. I know. He's going <laughs> to swole. I'm going to have a swole cat. But I'm just so proud of him. He adapted And instantly. what else did Desmond do? <laughs> oh, I mean, what hasn't Desmond done? But recently so i don't have a bed so i have an air mattress and in the middle of the night i hear 
and I like slowly sink down to the floor. <laughs> and as I look over, I see Desmond on his hind legs, a claw buried in the air mattress, <laughs> popped a hole in the air mattress. <laughs> and like his eyes were huge. Like he realized, I don't think he knew what he did. He just knew he vastly altered the state of things <laughs> and was like, oh no. <laughs> Uh, so I had to super glue the mattress. I like I like the idea of, of you not being able to see him, and then just as the bed sinks, slowly coming into vision. Yes, so like I slowly saw his face revealed. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, you little motherfucker!" Um, also, on moving day, because I wanted to move their litter box and everything first. Oh yeah. Uh, I I was did like five trips back and forth. It was insane, and Faith helped because your move. dad's car was so, t- so like tiny. Props to him for helping. Like Ugh. he was such a boss, but his car is so, so small. Little. Yeah, which is great for city driving, but to helping for helping someone move, you know, like not ideal. It's <laughs> just a lot of trips. He braced me for that. He's like, you know, my car is tiny, right? I was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I moved their litter box first. So poor Desi and Penny were like hanging out in the apartment for hours and hours. And Desi, this is how resourceful Desi is. He like marched into the bathroom, saw that his litter box wasn't there and was like, okay. And I came home and he had shit in the bathtub. Yeah. And honestly, I was like kind of proud of him. Yeah. I was like, you know, you saw a problem of all the places to shit. He worked it out. (laughs) He's like, I'm a poop in the bathtub and it was really easy to clean. So thanks Desmond. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's he doing? He's just sitting over there. Staring at nothing. Uh, So I wanted to talk about that. Oh, while we're in the recommendation section of the show, Mm -hmm. guys, it's a Monday episode, which means I have a hot, hot interview for you. That's gross. I shouldn't (laughs) shouldn't lead that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will talk about that in a second. But I wanted to get some recommendations from you guys. so Nanette, yeah, how fucking good is that? Oh, mm-hmm. it's crazy! It's uh, so good. Hannah Gatsby's new special on Netflix. Here's what, like, I'm trying to figure out. I was thinking about how to phrase this in a not insulting way. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember Hannah from like a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, at one of the Australian comedy festivals, and she was great then, and she like already had a following. But I was like. Man, she was like a pro back then. And I think mm-hmm. it's just like a She testament. started out like her first year of doing stand up, she like won an award oh, and she, like that was what she was known for, winning like festival awards. Yeah, she like that was like as soon as she started. Yeah, she's always she, been a phenomenal storyteller, but like she was like ready to blow up a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean like when I say that that's what I don't want to be insulting about because she had a big following in Australia. But I was yeah. like, why did it take so long for her to get a Netflix special? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But also, like, it makes me very hopeful because it's like, she's been that good forever. Uh-huh. And finally, someone at Netflix was like, oh, she should have a special. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dummies. Yeah. Yeah, but it's great if you guys haven't seen it's it. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best. I don't like watching stand-up that much I don't anymore. either, yeah. And it's... Like just so really good and uh, really refreshing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel the same way. It's it's one of the things like I don't I don't like watching stand up because like the whole the whole like this is gonna be su- such a weird thing to say, but like the whole like conceit of stand up of like I'm gonna pay money and go sit in a room and just listen to you talk mm-hmm. for like X amount of time is weird to me. Like mm-hmm. when I'm watching like a movie or like even like improv or sketch it's like 
it takes you know it's like it entertain it's going to another world right it's like i think that's why i tend to gravitate towards like storytelling comedians because mm-hmm. that feels a little more like yeah transformative or yeah transcendent mm-hmm. i don't know yeah. the correct word but as opposed to like a man on a microphone is bitching about airplane food or like the comics who are like every joke is structured the same mm-hmm. you know they really rely heavily on form um which is like whatever a lot of people enjoy that but it's like and there's no arc or fluctuation to it yeah that I mean, the only comedian i really like that's like that is stephen wright oh yeah he's but a classic everybody loves stephen yeah. wright yeah um so yeah i i highly recommend that also i got to see sorry to bother you oh yeah I really, everybody's recommending that it really is and again i say this in the most complimentary way so fucking weird so weird unlike anything i've ever seen um very funny visually stunning yeah i'm interested to see it because i i can't what movie did i go to i haven't been to the theater in so long i don't remember i went to see a movie recently and that preview played and it was Mm -hmm. like it didn't i didn't like like grab my attention they really don't show you like anything in the trailer i mean they do but the real wild stuff is like third act Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so I'm interested to see because also re- Army Hammer playing one of the greatest villains of all time, <laughs> unbelievable, so mm-hmm. good. It's and it's also just so weird to see him after Call Me by Your Name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like suddenly just playing this asshole tech yeah. guy, really good. Uh, so I recommend that. <laughs> I liked your. I, I assume this is maybe the same day. I liked your tweet the other day where you're talking about the employee at Alamo Draft House that oh, was just fuck, yeah. explaining movies to people. This poor yeah. woman. <laughs> she was so nice and so helpful, trying so hard. These women came in and they were like, we want to see Ocean's 8. And she was like, okay, sure, I can help you. And she was like showing them seats. And then they were like, what's Ocean's 8? And she was like, <laughs> oh, my God. oh, it's, you know, and she said the cast and they were like, but like, what, like, what is it about? And so she's like describing the plot of Ocean's 8. And then uh, this woman goes, is it a heist film? And she goes, yes. And she's like, I don't think it is. Like, <laughs> she didn't believe her. She's like, no, I don't think it is. Oh, my is. God. Like, the, <laughs> the notorious heist franchise. Yeah, Literally, <laughs> that's the definition of a heist. Like, yeah. if you were to look That's up- all I could think of. Like, maybe she doesn't know the definition of heist. But this, <laughs> the employee's face was amazing. Because she's, like, the perfect employee. And she short-circuited a little bit. She was like, it's- no, but it is. It is a heist movie. <laughs> I really the I, most the okay. most amazing thing to me about customer service is how often you have to explain the concept of the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like I worked at a fucking restaurant. Mm-hmm. I had to explain they're like food. Yeah, I had to be like they'd be like so so what do you have on your menu? Giant menu right above my head. <laughs> right. Oh, like sandwiches, salads. Oh, like what? <laughs> I'm like I would like. Am I gonna read this out loud <laughs> yeah. to you right now? And like, part of me thinks that is what they want. They think yeah. that's part of like the customer yeah. experience. Like, like, yeah, like you actually I, take over my brain's capacity. I, I would love it if customers had like a baseline, like, you know, or when they ask like, "What's good?" 
Yes. The food is good. Mm. Pick one. <laughs> like, yeah, have you not yeah. had food before? Like, right. Have, have <laughs> Maybe I, haven't Faith. Have you considered that they've never had food before? Like, and that's their first time eating? <laughs> God. No, know what you're walking into as a customer? <laughs> Unless it's like a super <laughs> weird new know. concept thing. That yeah. sounds um, I also, reasonable. I also like that the woman was like, is this a heist movie? And then the employee's like, yeah. She's like, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. What are you... Why did you ask? I don't... What is happening? I think she was... There were two women, and I think they had had, like, that conversation on the way there. Uh Because, like, she goes, is it a heist movie? And the employee goes, yes. And her friend was kind of like, I told you, bitch. Like, that look. (laughs) And then she was like, I don't think it is. I was like, oh, fuck. Now they're continuing this fight. Maybe you guys shouldn't go see a movie together. That's literally the funniest movie I can think of to not consider a heist movie. (laughs) The definition There are others you could, you know... Maybe be borderline. Yeah, it, that's literally all it's it is. Yeah, literally high school. <laughs> the point of the entire franchise. <laughs> also, I wanted to talk about ooh, the Handmaid's Tale, baby. No spoilers, but it is way too real. Like it's always too real, but now they're actually predicting shit that happens, mm-hmm. like or has happened recently. Um, you know, obviously uh, Kennedy leaving the Supreme Court now. Roe v. Wade, in all likelihood, will be overturned, uh, but also. The fucking, and we're going to get to this in the bad news section, um, but after the interview, the uh, newsroom shooting oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. that just happened. Um, are we going to get to that? Did I decide? <laughs> I might have thought too much time had passed, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the tragic uh, newsroom shooting. How much of, because I'm not uh, currently watching The Handmaid's Tale, yeah. how much of the show is pulled from the book? Was it only the first, first season? season? Oh, yeah, because okay. I was wondering like how. Like, well, there's the overarching arc, which I don't think this is a spoiler, especially if you've read the book. Which is June, the central character, is um, testifying—not testifying, but she's leaving recordings that mm. are eventually discovered and are being played in a uh, a lecture hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. people studying like the fallen empire of the United States, like mm-hmm. this is what happened. Right. Um, so she's like speaking to the future, basically. Yeah. Right. Um, and that we have not resolved. Like we don't know what happens to her, but oh, th- it's okay. like not addressed in the book either. Right. right. All the the address in the book is like that she spoiler like gets away right Mm -hmm. and we don't know if she gets caught yes which is kind of cool for the tv show because so much was like left up in the air Mm -hmm. you know um so that'll be interesting yeah that is cool see what they do with that also it's heavily implied in the book that um when the tapes are found like Gilead is over and done with like that was just like yes a small piece of history right so that'll be interesting how they develop like just like America. the downfall of Gilead. <laughs> yeah. like, it'll also be interesting. Like they're they're getting into stuff that's just not explored in the book, like the economy of Gilead, which mm-hmm. is still like super unclear. But they introduced again, not a spoiler, uh, Bradley Whitford's character as the uh, he's the architect of Gilead's mm-hmm. economy, and he's a super weird character. Yeah. He's very strange and fascinating. So it'll be interesting to see what's going on with him because there's some weird stuff going on guys uh yeah but it's it's still great i totally understand people who are like it's too bleak for me to watch i get it i i crapped out like halfway through the first season i was just like look i've read the book i have to take like a big breath before i watch it but i also don't agree with the people who are like it's like torturetainment 
Um, cause I think the tone is so masterful. Like they really, yeah. I mean, it's clearly speculative fiction that's, that has a purpose to it. It does. But also in terms of like dark humor and stuff like that, I think they, they really found a, a like a, a note that works for them. So guys, right now we're going to go to my interview with Naomi Lachance. <clears throat> She's a journalist uh, who's had bylines at NPR, The Intercept, The New Republic. You should follow her on Twitter at Lachance Naomi. And her avatar is her little puppy, who we talk about a little bit in the interview. So go follow her and please enjoy the interview. I'm just checking in with people because things are so very terrible right now to see how you're uh, doing self-care or what you're doing to like have a little reprieve from all the madness of the world. So I was wondering if there's anything you're reading or watching or listening to right now that's giving you joy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I guess the first thing that I thought of is the Elena Ferrante series, um, the Neapolitan novels. I'm almost done with the fourth one, and it's taken me a really long time because there's all these different characters, and at first I kind of um, had trouble focusing, but now that I've, like, gotten through three of the thick books and I'm almost done with the other one I think I'm kind of seeing just how amazing it is that you see all of these people's lives weave together and you get such a like incredible sense of this narrator's interior monologue I'm really enjoying it very cool um is there anything that you're watching whether that's like tv or movies or anything like that um I, let's see, I really like Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah. It's, um, I didn't love the most recent season quite as much, but I think it's just so fun. There's this narrator that's kind of um, meta where he'll let you want in on things. Mm-hmm. He'll sort of act like he knows it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these impossible twists and turns. It's just like a really fun diversion kind of show where you're like oh my god how on earth did this just happen how did I not see this coming (laughs) it's fun yeah I think I saw like the first few episodes of it and I really liked it and the I'm spacing on her name the lead actress oh yeah um Gina Rodriguez Gina Rodriguez thank you she's so charming I was like Mm -hmm. oh like this is such a delight to watch and then I think I just got distracted by other shows and I forgot to keep watching that's fair yeah it's really cute it's um it's like I don't want to say wholesome um but it's just like one of those shows that's sort of rewarding to watch you like start to really care about the characters and stuff yeah yeah I I do love watching shows like that like Brooklyn Nine-Nine is very much like that you're right like wholesome isn't the right word but it's just nice to watch oh this is gonna sound so gross but like sometimes it's nice to watch a nice show like something that's not like mean humor that's just mm-hmm. about like not even it doesn't have to be like people being like super nice to each other all the time but 
there's a certain tone of comedy like Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, The Office. That's like enjoyable comedy. It's it's not about like cruel humor, and I'm a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially Parks and Rec. How just at, like at the end of the day, everybody's there for each other. They're all kind of goofy, but they like make it work. Exactly, and like um, stuff is so shitty right now. I'm like. It's comforting to watch something like that where, yeah, it's like a group of people who are like a family and they have each other's backs. Like, I don't feel like you need to have mean characters being mean to each other to have an interesting plot, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what are you... Oh, what was the last movie you saw? I was trying to remember. I would say probably... um, molly's game with jessica chastain oh okay. um, i don't think i would have picked it on my own but my boyfriend's dad wanted to see it and it was actually fascinating it's about this woman who was gonna be an olympic skier and she got injured and she ends up running these poker rings um and going like getting into all of this legal trouble because she's basically just realized that like the richest people in the world all want a way to show the other richest people in the world how rich they are. (laughs) And that's like showing up to these poker games. Um, and, and it gets really deep into just like her psychology, um, how she sort of got there. Um, it's really fascinating and it's a, it's a true story. And the woman, it talks a lot about how she just doesn't really want to, um, like narc on people. Mm hmm. And so I think they do a good job of making you feel like you hear the full story while so, still, I'm sure, um, protecting people. Rich people wanting to show other rich people how rich they are sounds like extremely on brand for America right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Um, like Michael Sarah plays somebody who we're supposed to know as like a Hollywood actor, but we're not really sure who, uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool. I had never even heard of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't either, actually. Wow. Uh, but Jessica Chastain is great. I'll see her any anything. So I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's a brunette. She pulls it off. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then finally, is there anything you're listening to right now? And that can be like podcasts or like radio shows or music, anything like that. Um, let's see. I haven't been listening quite to really any podcasts that much lately. And my music taste, it's funny. I, I like saw this meme that's like Lisa Simpson pouring coffee in a cup. And it's like me, like the music I've always listened to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's sort of how I feel where it's like, um, you know, when I was like a teenager, I really liked like neutral milk hotel and yeah. the decemberists and like oh you were a cool Smiths. teenager i i tried, I, tried. <laughs> and like, I don't know i still all that music feels just kind of like comforting uh-huh. yeah yeah for sure i still listen to neutral milk hotel and the decemberists um as well yeah i am the type of person who i can listen to the same song a thousand times and i find it like very comforting it doesn't get redundant for me yeah exactly yeah um so if there was 
any advice you could give people about how they should be self-caring right now or like maybe some advice based on something you do for yourself outside of, you know, consuming comforting media, what would it be? Um, I would say I used to have a really hard time with spending time in a way that I couldn't see like a direct addition to some kind of goal. Like mm-hmm. if I, I have a lot of work and I'm like not doing work, I would feel guilty about it. But now I am a really strong believer in the idea that taking time to feel good about yourself and to just feel happy and be in the moment is so, so important because like what's at the end of when you reach your goal, like you finish your work project and then what? I think just like your baseline of your day-to-day life, if it's something that you can be happy and satisfied with, like that's, that's everything. Yeah, I agree. I was just talking about this with someone the other day and I was saying like, I'm a very anxious person and I tend to be very concerned that I'm wasting time all the time. Mm-hmm. Like if, yeah. if what you just said about like, if it's not immediately contributing to some goal of mine, like that really spoke to me because I'm like that where I'm like, well, I'm not being a hundred percent productive right now. So I'm, I'm wasting my time on earth. And it's like, I, it took me a really long time to start viewing self care as like an important part of life like a life where you're just constantly working isn't really a life (laughs) you know or or, or at least it's not like a well-rounded life and I know some people you know really flourish when they're working all the time and I don't want to like throw shade at them but at least for me it took me a really long time to be like I'm not racing against other people none of that really matters in the end I just like need to chill and take care of myself otherwise I'm gonna burn out Absolutely. I just feel like I'm a nicer person when I like do do the things that I need to. Is there a puppy in the background? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry. There is. No, I finally figured out. I was like, what are those noises? And then I heard the shaking. <laughs> What's the puppy's name? His name is Foley. Oh, what kind of dog? An Australian Shepherd. Oh, are they big? Yeah. He's yeah. like 50 pounds. Wow. Oh, I want to see a photo. (laughs) Uh, I guess that's another self-care tip. Get a very big dog. It definitely is. Like when I'm feeling upset and he just like patting his soft fur is like the best feeling. Yeah, there's been like medical studies done about how it like the act of petting a dog or a cat actually lowers people's um, blood pressure. Wow. Which is amazing. Yeah, I totally believe it. When I'm petting my cat, I'm like, I feel very calm right now. So go, everybody go pet a dog or a cat. (laughs) Doesn't have to be yours. (laughs) (laughs) Just a random, go out and find random dogs and cats and pet them. (laughs) Thanks again to Naomi. Give her a follow at Twitter, at Lachance Naomi. Share all of her work. Tell her how much you enjoyed the interview. That would be nice as well. And guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. So as I mentioned before, the first piece of bad news I wanted to get to 
is the shooting at the Capitol Gazette. Um, really in Annapolis. Yes, in uh, Annapolis, Maryland, and five employees were killed by the shooter. Turned out he was um, a white dude, shocking, uh, who had like beef with the newspaper. Mm-hmm. He had a grudge against them. They had like done a story about him. Yes, uh, Jared Ramos, thirty-eight. Um, he is. Uh, been charged with five counts of first-degree murder. A story just came out today about one of the employees. I, th- I believe her name was Wendy. She fucking rushed him and was throwing stuff at him. Oh, wow. Damn. And, like, a lot of the employees who got away, Wendy Winters, that was her name, like a superhero, Wendy Winters. Um, and they credit her for a lot of them getting away because she distracted him. Mm-hmm. And then he killed her. So... Such a sad story. She's such a hero. Um, and the fact that, like, they were still working while it was happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the employees was such a badass where uh, he, like, called his spouse, I think, or his partner, and told them what happened. And he was like, hey, there was just a shooting. Um, my phone's about to die. I got to go because I'm putting out a goddamn paper. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, uh, just, like, so moving. Um, and the fact that, like, yeah, their social media person was tweeting out um, what was happening the whole time. Mm-hmm. But again, it, The Handmaid's Tale, there's, like, a really uh, moving episode where I'll be light on the details because I don't want to spoil anything. But um, June is in what used to be the Boston Globe's headquarters. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gilead, obviously, not a huge fan of the freedom of the press. Yeah. And they had rounded up the journalists at some point and executed them in the what was the printing room and so she like is walking through the space and like looking at all of their cubicles and all of their you know um possessions and it's like really really moving um but again i was like can the handmaid's tale just stop predicting the future because this is fucking terrifying yeah yeah uh so also Oh, can I make one point about yes, that story? I think one thing that people do a lot that sucks is like, you know, when the shooting first happened, there's a lot of people that were, you know, obviously pointing to like, like the day before Milo had made some comments about what, you know, journalists getting shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously like Donald Trump is like called the the press, the enemy of the people and yep. stuff like that. Essentially called for the death of journalists. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But after i mean they they had pretty much released the details like later that day about who it was and that yeah. he had like had a grudge against the paper and, like a personal thing yeah yeah but one thing a lot of people did was a lot of people were like oh it's personal so it's different and i think i don't think it so. could be both it could be both i yeah, think like, it could have been a personal grudge but he felt he had permission to do that cuz he's like oh and journalists are subhuman and enemies well, of the state well that and just also like he had a personal grudge probably because he didn't like journalists like it wasn't it wasn't like he had beef with specific people at the paper he had a beef with the paper yeah he wasn't targeting like the author of the article yeah Yeah, it was he just hated the paper right simply because they wrote a story about like a lawsuit he was involved in right it was and this paper was not like an opinion paper like they have an opinion page but it wasn't like 
a well-known like it wasn't like the Washington Post or something where like people are like right right it was famously just pretty, like have beef with them it was like a local pretty regular like yeah yes local like a, a lawsuit local right paper. up yeah that they no did. that's a good point and also like Milo trying to walk it back where he was like oh I didn't mean that's it. Milo's whole like, fucking thing uh, first of all everybody you, know. you did you just don't want to get your hands dirty right like, exactly it's well it is just like I mean everybody I feel like most everybody did this as a kid where you like say some fucking dumb shit and then people are like no no I was just joking I was just joking Mm -hmm. like everybody does that because you don't want to get in trouble for what you said he's doing that like for a career right it's like he just says whatever comes to his fucking dumb head and then just like no I was just trolling like nobody takes me seriously nobody would do what I said to Mm -hmm. do like they do they do they do I mean how many examples do we need of that you know like Pizzagate how many put that stuff out yeah. As though it's serious over and over and over again. Somebody's going to listen to you. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times do we need like to ha- hear the story like lone white male shooter and then it turns out he has like Bill O'Reilly's books, yeah. watches yeah. Alex Jones or listens to Alex Jones every day. Well, there was like, the I mean, guy, even there is a theme here. There was the guy that like got pulled over like literally on his way to shoot up the Tides Foundation. Oh, yeah. Which nobody has heard of until Glenn Beck started putting yep. them on his show. Yep, yep, yep. And he said that as much. Mm-hmm. And, like, and that's my big problem with, like, people, especially a lot of times, the more, like, moderate liberals who are, like, just don't, just don't engage the trolls. They're just trolls or whatever. And it's, like, no, the problem is people listen to them. Exactly. And also... If there was a left-wing equivalent of that, they uh-huh. would be shut down in a second. Yeah. yeah. Like, we don't have a left-wing version of that because I saw it would be framed as inciting violence. Yeah. yeah. I saw someone point out on Twitter that there was no Red Scare McCarthyite-type t- purge of Nazis in America. Right. Even though there were, like, so many yep. neo-Nazi groups and stuff in the 30s and 40s, like, mm-hmm. and, you right. know, going on through, but... Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um so, also, I wanted to talk about um, the U.S. Army is quietly discharging immigrant recruits who were promised a path to citizenship. Oh, my God. I saw you, Eric, post that in response to some stuff on Facebook. Did you uh, get a little bit of a fight on Facebook? I mean, Were you stirring the pot a little <laughs> every bit? Every day I get into a fight on Facebook. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I just made the point that, like, I mean, actually, I didn't post this article. Weirdly enough, my mom did. Oh, okay. Um, but it was in, I was fighting with my mom, <laughs> and she posted Great. it. Fighting with mom on Facebook. Uh, it's the dream, man. But, I mean, the point I was making was just, like, you know, when... When Donald Trump started, like, really heavily... The the whole, like, family separation thing is obviously awful. But what's... The bigger story is, like, his larger crackdown on, on like, deportations mm-hmm. and, and immigration. And they're looking <laughs> and into, usually, like, denaturalizing people. Well, that's, that's what I'm getting to. Like, it, most of the time when people... When there's, like, crackdowns on immigration, what people say is... What people on the right say is, no, 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 our problem was with illegal immigration. We are just, mm. we like laws and we like order and stuff like that. And then it came out that Trump is starting a task force to denaturalize citizens. Right. So they're, they're quote unquote, going to look for fraud in the, denatu- in the naturalization process mm-hmm. and start looking at cases, which is, I mean, 
first off, it, they already went through the naturalization process and mm-hmm. any sort of fraud wasn't caught. So I don't know why they believe it would be caught a second during a second run through. Right. And also there's no way to, it's a totally subjective process. Mm-hmm. All he has to do is put people up in front of a, like a, like a task force or a committee or whatever and go, this is fraud and mm-hmm. you're denaturalized and there's nothing they can do about it. Right. So it's just a blanket excuse to start denaturalizing people. And my point was that this is obviously not about illegal immigration. It's an ethnic cleansing. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. just trying to get these people out of the United States. And yeah. this was yeah. a part of it is that now they're going after recruits in the army. Right. And just being like, oh, they're and the story is like a little, uh, some of the recruits in the story, like, they're getting they're they're getting removed from the army before they've ever gone to basically they signed up for the program and, and then before they ever happened. get to boot camp yeah. or anything like that they're like oh your background check came up but again it's right. the same thing where it's like how do you what oversight is there over this how many of these people are they just going oh they're immigrants get them out you right. know what i mean like yes mm-hmm. yeah there's no it's a totally subjective process so mm-hmm. they're just using this this power that they have of this oversight to just start going after legal citizens now too right um, because they like their whole goal is just to get these people out of the United States right right um, and we have a lot of historical parallels to this like the Nazis before they had concentration camps they had a policy of voluntarily voluntary deportation mm-hmm. where they were like well if you don't like mm-hmm. this you can leave yeah and like that's where we're at right now. We already have the detention centers. Now we have the voluntary <laughs> deportation policy where it's like, you know, you could just leave. Um, in addition to a bunch of other fucked up shit like charging parents to be reunited with their children and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, my point is definitely not that like, I, I mean, you know, I, as I said on the show before, I don't think we should have borders. I'm not even right. sure nation states should exist. Right. But like... I don't. I think there's definitely don't fall into the trap of making a distinction between illegal immigration and legal immigration because that yeah. plays right into the hands of right wing rhetoric. Because that can be defined as anything. Like if they're, if the right wing is in control of the government, they make the laws, so they decide what's legal and illegal. Right. 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 And and yeah, I mean, and I think like if you find yourself like. I think, like I said, like the denaturalization task force is like a perfect example of just like they don't care. It, there, there isn't a distinction between illegal and legal immigration. That mm. that's not on their mind. The only thing that they care about is getting ethnic people out of the United States. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. How you liking that chair? It's pretty great. You know, it's okay. So I don't have furniture, guys, but Chloe and I bought these two camping chairs. Yeah because we were like oh we'll set them up in the back we'll get a little grill it'll be mm-hmm. great but because we don't have furniture i was like oh i'll just use the camping chairs while we record and i am dangerously addicted it's, to this camping chair chairs are good it's they're like awesome real, it's like real sturdy yep but it's got like a nice soft back yep. on it super comfortable i got i'm using the little beer cup holder thing for my phone yeah but also there's a cell phone port built into the chair it's got like a little plastic slip you can put the phone into so it's protected from the elements and you can like check your texts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's great. What I'm trying to say is I might just keep the setup <laughs> and horrify Charles when, yeah. <laughs> when he joins us eventually. You should really just, I, I, you know, lean into being trash yeah. and just go for it. Yeah. Maybe like, I won't get furniture. Welcome to my apartment. <laughs> <laughs>
These are our camping chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll uh, keep my deflated air mattress <laughs> and my camping <laughs> chairs and just call mm-hmm. it a day. Yeah. Uh, save some moving fees. <laughs> so what else did I want to talk? Do we have time for this? Do I have time for this? Oh, yeah. I guess quickly we can talk about this. Mm. Fucking Trump talking about... He is obsessed with Elizabeth Warren. He, like, mm, brings yeah. her up at every opportunity. And admittedly, the very stupid thing Elizabeth Warren said a while ago where she's, like, part Native American, but I don't know how much Native American. Yeah. But it was, like, that classic white person thing where it's, like, I'm 114th Native American, and it's... Yeah. it's Eye-rolly, but he talks about it like he's fucking obsessed with it. I and he calls her Pocahontas, which is super racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he was talking about um, getting her to take like a, a one of those ancestry tests. Yeah, like a 23andMe like saliva swab. And then he goes, we're going to have to do it gently because we're the Me Too generation. So we have to be very careful. Uh, and then there was like scattered laughter. So... For everybody keeping track up here, uh, it's a racist joke about sexual assault. Yeah. Also, how does he think those tests are done? (laughs) Also, just extremely creepy that he's talking about, like, let's DNA test the senators. Yes. I mean, there's that aspect, too, which is, like, Mm. super creepy and authoritarian. But also, yeah, racist. It's all, but it's also. All, it's all bad. <laughs> yeah. I was just so like, many levels to the bad. Do you think there's a vaginal swab involved? Like, I, I'm actually wondering. I wanted someone to have him break it down. Like, how do you think those DNS, DNA tests yeah. are done? I honestly wonder a little bit with, um, with the Elizabeth Warren thing, because he does bring it up so much. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much it's his thing and how much... If it's like a personal thing for him, as opposed to like he knows it riles up his fans. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's that they it always gets a response. Hate her. Yeah, of course also, they do. She's like, a smart woman. <laughs> with the amount that her name has been floated as like a possible Democratic yeah. presidential candidate, yes. I think possibly she's a pe- threat. People talking in his ear are fine with him going after her because they're like she needs to be like taken down before totally. she can totally i also have a theory that he can only remember like five things yeah. oh yeah <laughs> and that's yeah. that's Absolutely. one of the things he remembers and he's like oh i'll bring that up and also it gets a great response and also yeah like my mm. handlers tell me that she's a threat did you see from the same speech the like two paragraphs of what seemed to be the ramblings of a man in the throes of dementia uh, about that's like every speech he gives well now. he the the part uh, oh, where he talks Putin? about the record, like the record setting attendance, where he talks oh, about like. Okay, no, I thought you were talking about Putin when he goes. Oh, the Putin thing's crazy. He like, goes, he's fine. We're all fine. We're people. Will I be prepared? Totally prepared. I've been preparing for this stuff my whole life. Getting along with Russia and getting along with China and getting along with other countries is a good thing, not a bad thing. <laughs> okay. Wait, hold on. Just like any thought that enters his tiny brain, I without just, reference to anything that's happened, like. Well, like listening to it is one thing because it's batshit when it's happening but when you see it transcribed it's like what the fuck I, is this like half the reason I never interact with that shit is because it makes my brain want to hang itself <laughs> yeah because it's like nonsensical um did you find it uh yeah one sec okay um more ramblings coming up yeah I it was just such a strange I mean all of his speeches have been so strange but it was really all over the map. Just, just still holding rallies too. Just like going around the country holding rallies for himself. Yeah, he was in Montana this time, um, like you do. You go to Montana and you joke about uh, sexual assault and <laughs> talk about how you're friends with Putin. <laughs> I think yeah. one of the scariest things about Trump is just that 
like he he th- his fans eat it up that's the worst part mm-hmm. yeah is that is that it's it's literally nonsensical word salad and his fans are like you're the greatest man that's ever lived right oh were you talking about the i won montana by so many points no it's uh, okay hold on let me read that <laughs> i like let me read that uh so, so he he's bashing stuff. john tester while he's there obviously because he's a um democrat and he said uh that's probably why i'm here i won montana by so many points i don't have to come here <laughs> it's like what that's insane yeah oh wait here we go <laughs> I've broken more Elton John records and I don't have a musical instrument. I don't have a guitar or an organ. This is my this is my only musical instrument, the mouth. And hopefully the brain is attached <laughs> to the mouth. The brain is so much more important. What? Whoa, I did not hear that. <laughs> Why is he talking about Elton John? I the point he was trying I think the point he was trying to make was that he he was doing a rally in the same place that Elton John has held a concert oh, before. Yes, yes, yes. And okay. his it, it goes it's actually like two more paragraphs of wow. that because he's talking about how like the 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 stage takes up so much room and we don't have a stage we put people there and we can fit so much more people in here and i don't have an instrument i just use my brain and my mouth and hopefully the brain's attached to the mouth <laughs> is that how the body works i don't know <laughs> wow well he definitely doesn't know how the body works he thinks um vaginal swabs uh-huh. are needed to do um ancestry tests and that the mouth is directly attached to but the, the brain thing is like what's so scary to me is that like even i mean granted i was young at the time so i may not have the best memory of this but it felt like at least when george bush talked like pro- like people had a little bit of shame and would just be like yeah that's him mm-hmm. you know he's d- he's dumb but he's you know we love him or whatever mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah there'd be like, when he would say dumb shit they would just be like oh george you know <laughs> like he said something stupid but you know he's he's our president we like him and he does he has good policies or whatever right you know yeah, i definitely Trump, remember a lot more emphasis on like policies there was like no real cult of personality well, that and just even if there was, even if there was, they at least acknowledge that he said something stupid. It would be like, yeah, but we love him. It, he's, that's he's, like he's folksy. That's yeah. like his thing. Yeah, with Trump, it's literally like no, like his fans don't even acknowledge it. Like he says some dumb shit like that, and they're like, hell yeah. Well, like, especially if like the intellectual like Ivy Tower press people call it dumb, then they're like, <laughs> they double down. They're like, fuck yeah, it's dumb. We love it. Remember yeah. how it's un-American to have a brain now? Uh huh. That's great. Every um, advanced society can sustain itself on a philosophy of anti-intellectualism. <laughs> also, right? it's like, it's, it's, it's so per- like mind-bending and perplexing that like Trump, the guy who lives in a fucking golden penthouse, mm-hmm. is like the man of the people. Oh yeah, I mean none of this makes sense. Literally, his penthouse is gold. Yeah, it's just made of gold. Yeah. Uh, guys, on that note, before you go out to the rest of your day, here is your good news. Good news, good news. 
So obviously, first piece of good news. Bye, Scott Pruitt. Oh, bye, bye, bye. Arguably the most corrupt politician. Oh, just blatantly. Not politician, official. I should say. No, I, I want to. I'm going record saying what Scott Pruitt did so much more than corruption. I mean, he was just a straight up grifter. Yeah. Like, it would not surprise me if, like, he was taking things out of the White House on his way oh, out. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Just stealing 100%. pins and just keyboards. Just, like, rolling up like, the Declaration of Independence. Like, <laughs> breaking now. into his employees' cars and stealing <laughs> yeah. their shit. Oh, he had a stealing sack on his way out. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Like so, an old-fashioned canvas bag. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, uh, in case you don't remember, Scott Pruitt is the environmental pr- was the Environmental Protection Agency administrator, and like just the did the worst opposite of his example. job. Oh, just like I'll give somebody a hundred dollars right now if they can name me one thing he did as the EPA head. Oh, uh, he stole a bunch of stuff, <laughs> Eric. We already established that. Every story I read about Scott Pruitt was about either about him grifting somebody mm-hmm. or just saying dumb shit about Trump. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. not one thing did I read about him doing anything for the EPA. <laughs> not one. No, I mean, I mean he was basically was like, put in there to dismantle what's left of the EPA. Because he's, you know, BFFs with the oil industry, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. It was very clear what it's, the administration wanted was, him to do. Honestly, Openly like, being appointed just... It was like Trump read the story about George Bush <laughs> appointing a horse lawyer as the AP, a, EPA chief. Mm-hmm. And was like, hmm... How can I do better than that? I'm sorry, what? You don't remember that? The horse lawyer? George Bush's EPA chief I'm picturing was, uh, a horse that's his a lawyer only, right now. So, so was I. Yeah. Fucking Caligula. It's a little different. He was a lawyer for horses. Okay. So uh, not a BoJack Horseman type no, situation. No, 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 no. I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> yeah. So he was a lawyer for horses? Yeah, pretty much. That okay. was his only job. And then he got appointed wow. EPA chief. I mean, that's how seriously Republicans treat the environment. <laughs> right, They're like, yeah. Do we have a horse lawyer? That's The fine. environment is that thing that gets a, in the way of making capitalist profit. Oh, actually, exactly. you know what? Now that I say that, I don't think it was EPA. I think it was FEMA. Oh, God damn it, Eric. But, Fake news on my show. But first off, I fact-checked it real quick. Okay. Uh, right. But also, kind of the same I mean, they work in similar disaster response. Get out. First of all, you tease me with a BoJack Horseman type situation, and then it turns out not to be true. (laughs) Very upset about that. It is true. It was just for a different agency. Uh, My point is, Trump heard about that and was like, how could I pick a more incompetent person to lead a big agency? It's it's also like... What if I get an actual cat burglar? In the interim between Bush and Trump, there was just the entire... Astroturfed movement of libertarians and conservatives who just decided they want to take down the government since Obama was in charge of it. Right, They're just right. like, oh, government's bad and we need to destroy all of now. it. We have to take it down. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it's no coincidence that um, Scott Pruitt is currently under investigation <laughs> for the numerous embarrassing details of ethics uh, violations. You guys read how he was. Okay, first off, this guy's getting paid an insane amount of money yes. from the government yes. to yes. do ostensibly nothing. Because I can find no actual work that he did Correct. for the time yep. he's in office. Correct. Okay. On top of that, he was stealing money left and right. Just like he was trying to use the government to get his wife a fucking Chick-fil-A franchise. <laughs> <laughs> he had his assistants like doing his fucking personal errands sure. for him. Sure, sure. And then 
On top of all that, because stealing all of that money wasn't good enough, he literally had his assist- he made his assistants pay for his hotel rooms and didn't pay them back. He was just like, "Did you read that?" Yeah, no, no, I heard, <laughs> I did hear that. Yeah, he was literally like, "Can you put this on your credit card?" Thanks, bro. Thanks, thanks, man. Thanks, man. That's what I mean about him like stealing his employees' yeah. shit on the way out. Like he Just, already has stolen from his employees. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> um, so also in good news, I wanted to shout out uh, Therese Patricia Akaumu. Mm-hmm. Uh Sorry for butchering that. I'm sure. Um, she is the lady who scaled the base of the Statue of Liberty Bad. on the Fourth of, of July. July, and she said the reason she did it was because. Um, of Michelle Obama um, saying, you know, when they go low, we go high. And she said, um, I went as high as I could. And then she was, when she was up there, she was like, I'm not coming down until the children are freed. Yes. Talking about, obviously, um, the child detention centers we have in the United States. There was also another ICE protest happening while that was going mm-hmm. on. There were people with um, abolish ICE signs. They, they did like a banner drop at the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they were also holding signs. There were some photos of that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that was so great. Um, it was incredibly badass. And I think it was like four hours until they were able to get her down. Yeah, it was also just um, a really illustrative of the power one person has because mm-hmm. this was one woman who climbed the base of the Statue of Liberty and like everybody was watching her. They mm-hmm. shut down all of Ellis Island because they thought she was dangerous <laughs> or it was a dangerous situation. Um, and it was just, it just goes to show like all she did was climb up on the, ba- I mean, not to diminish the act, um, but you know, that just goes to show how much power an individual has to shape the news <laughs> one, cycle. One dramatic act. Yeah. And- it reminded me of, uh, Brie Newsom, you know, uh-huh. scaling the the flagpole and taking down the Confederate flag, where it's like that was just is one woman and her uh, partner who was helping her, but she decided she wanted to do it and she did it, mm-hmm. and then that was all anyone was talking about mm-hmm. for yep. several weeks. That's, yeah. I love those like theatrical acts of protest mm-hmm. that they're not they're not violent, right? They're just like pure spectacle to bring attention to something and yeah you'll get arrested because it's sure illegal to go climbing on the statue of liberty yes but like that's a small price to pay also i'm just pro anything that just ruins a tourist day (laughs) yeah oh man me too i've said this i've said this before on the show but i have deliberately ruined so many tourist photos that's my favorite thing when they like finally get a frame i just walk right you hear them like oh like in my wake and i'm like enjoy the photo of my blurred head walking by i've done that many times so um yeah uh she was released um from um court or she left court to people cheering her and yeah, they charged her with endangering her own life and the lives of the NYPD officers who responded. That's a real dumb charge. Yeah, they also endangering your own life. I mean, that's like, it yeah, shouldn't be a charge. <laughs> it's because they don't have a charge for like climbing the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. because literally nobody's ever thought to do that before. Right. They also charged her with resisting arrest by refusing to leave her perch. Um, and yeah, so then they eventually the police scaled the lower part of the statue and pulled her down. Also endangering the lives of like the cops didn't have to go up there and get her. 
Like they totally that that they chose like that was she was not endangering their lives. Like mm-hmm. she was doing nothing to endanger anybody else. Like that's such I, bullshit. I also think I I've I've long held the opinion I think resisting arrest is a, a false charge and should not be a law. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Uh, she could face up to six months in jail. Wow, on each count. Jesus. Yeah. Um. So, but nonetheless, badass, badass act. Yeah. And also, I wanted to shout out Rise and Resist, which was the group she was with. Um, and yeah, they're the ones who hung the banner um, that said Abolish Ice. I'm really digging how Abolish Ice is gaining traction. Yeah. Yes. Even among politicians. I think mm-hmm. that shows how when you like actually state a proactive. Yes creative goal radical like a yeah. radical i mean it, when you actually it's radical say it but it's loud. not radical because i i try to be careful when i talk about that because ice is a very new agency mm-hmm. i mean it was started under the george w bush administration it has not been around very long so in terms of like would it radically affect the united states to get rid of ice it's like no, no life not would at all pretty much be like it is like it was before ice so it's it's radical in the sense that it's for many politicians, it's a radical statement to say we should just abolish ice. Yeah. But yeah. also state, if we did it, but <laughs> you know, what's funny is that like the only people, people, what bothers me about that is like people, especially like right leaning politicians, like conservatives would be like, that's a radical position to abolish ICE. And we'll then fucking turn around. Like, they want to merge the labor and education oh, departments together. Oh, yeah, no. So we, they have no fucking they, problem getting rid of organizations no, and no, no. departments. And also, they never argue that shit in good faith. Like, ever. we have extremists in the White House, like, in terms yeah. of radicalism. Like, we already have radicalism in the White House. Like, they are the most right wing authoritarian regime we've had in the country in many ways. Um, so like they're radical, yeah, but they're just the, the radical that is allowed in the Overton window. (laughs) That's why we need to be like stating unapologetically these leftist goals, exactly out loud and sticking to them and asking politicians about them. And yep. Cause 100% it's like. I don't know. Fuck compromise. <laughs> yeah, let's, we've tried compromise, right? That was the entire thing we got so far. Right. Administration, right? Triangulation. Triangulation was about compromising with Republicans to get policies passed. And what did that get us? That got us um, totally destroying unions. That got us shipping jobs overseas. Um, people losing their jobs. It, it got the environment poisoned. Like we know what compromise with the Republicans looks mm-hmm. like. It's our ultimate destruction. Yeah. So stop fucking doing it. Um, And also stop waiting for politicians to magically make things better. I think it's awesome that we're getting like socialists elected and taken seriously. And that's great. But ultimately people did that. Mm -hmm. Uh, People are the ones who can create radical change. Mm -hmm. Uh, So guys, thank you so much for listening. It's so great to be back. I get a little weird when I don't do the show. <laughs> I was like, why am I sad all the time? Because <laughs> oh, I'm not doing Light Treason News. If you are enjoying the show, please go to lighttreason.news. Become a member for as little as $5 a month to keep the show going, especially during this transition 
call it that transition mm-hmm. life transition please follow faith and eric on twitter at bohemian faith at eric spelled e-r-e-k underscore smith guys follow us on twitter facebook instagram thank you so much for all of the support i really appreciate it it's so nice to be back did you have any thoughts about anything we talked about today hashtag light trees and pod join the conversation (laughs) now i'm just saying it because i hate it so much (laughs) join the conversation uh and yeah thanks for listening and while you're at it get out there and cause a little trouble 